You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you so much for being here. Once again, we're going to get started. Um, My name is Amy Lee Westervelt. I am, oh, thank you, Kat. I am the dream design coach. And my role in this world is to help high achieving women to reconnect to their desires so that they can manifest incredible relationships and infinite income. And so I am really, really excited to be here and to turn off my boxer so it doesn't go in the background. There we go. Um, I'm really excited to be here with you guys and to share this information over the course of these next three days. Now, I want to let you know that the content itself is going to be delivered via this Zoom link, which will be streamed into the group. We did figure it out. So disregard that, um, that technical difficulties, we did figure it out. So I'm very happy about that. Um, but we will be streaming directly into the group. And what I really want you guys to use this group for, I really want you to use it as a place where you can have these conversations safely. It is a private group. There's going to be a lot that's going to come up for you as I share some of these things. One of the the gifts of my of my intuitive ability is that I can really tap into what people's blocks are. Um, and the more people that I've helped over the years, the more I've come to realize that what we're going to talk about today and for the next two days are exactly uh, what's holding a lot of us back. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. You guys are more than welcome to, to post in the chat throughout. Just know that I I'm a self-proclaimed person uh, diagnosed in high school with ADHD. And so I'm going to try not to look at the comments too, too much because that's going to get me off track from what we're trying to talk about. Uh, But if you guys have questions, I, you know, put them, also put them in the group, say, hey, Emily, I asked this on the thing and, you know, I have this question um, and we'll get to as many as we can. Um, So that being said, I think it's a great time to go ahead and get started with the content. So First of all, um, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad you guys are here. And if you guys could mute yourselves just so that we don't have a lot of background noise, I know Amanda will be able to mute people as well. Um, but if for some reason you jump you know, in and just make sure you mute yourself. Um, okay, so I'm really glad that you guys are here. And the first thing I wanna say is thank you so much for trusting me with what I believe to be a very sensitive topic. I know that a lot of people came here and they really weren't sure what this was all about or, you know, why is she talking about being a villain? The connotations of villain run really deep and I recognize that. And I want to let you guys know that I value that trust and I'm not going to take you anywhere that you don't want to go. Okay. So what this class is not, this class is not designed for me to indoctrinate you into the darkness or take you down some path of something that you don't want to do. We're not going to be talking about the occult. We're not going to be sacrificing chickens. We're not doing any of those things. Okay. So this is not about convincing you that it's better to be bad. Sorry, Chloe. (laughs) This is not about that. Okay. That's not what this is about. What this is about is getting you to understand why you may have limiting beliefs and why you hold yourself back because of how you view abundance and happiness and people who have those things, okay? So today, what we're really gonna dig into and what I really wanna focus on is what it was like that got us here, okay? So one of the things about the villain is that villains usually have an origin story. They start somewhere, something makes them that way, right? So playing along with this idea of the villain today is all about our origin story, okay? So I have a very specific clientele that seems to be connected to me by and large. Now, if you say, well, that's not me, you know, I don't relate to that. Awesome. 
chances are something I'm going to say is probably going to resonate for you. So my people tend to be really, like my chicken, <laughs> my people tend to be very sensitive people, okay? They're people who have a heart for helping people. You know, um, they grew up with a lot of emotional um, numbness, right? Like there's, especially in my generation, and I can speak for other generations as well, uh, but there's this idea of being seen and not heard. We weren't really allowed to express our emotions. We weren't really allowed to have them, right? Like it wasn't convenient for you to be upset or angry. We, heaven forbid you were angry. Like you had to have a real good reason to be angry. And so we grew up feeling like our needs, unless they were immediate or emergent, really didn't. Okay. And so what we did as a result of that, right, we, we were taught very early on that it's bad to have emotions, it's bad to have needs, it's bad to have desires, right? You're lucky that you're here in the first place. Now, this is not my intention of bashing our parents or whoever raised us, right? Obviously, they were raised by their own parents who were raised by people who probably, you know, were in the depression. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, who are you to tell me what you want to go do today? We're lucky that we have enough bread to feed the family, right? So we've been through a lot as, as you know, a society, as a nation, um, as a people. And, and that goes for all over the world, right? Like this is this is where we came from. So as time goes on, you end up with these people, you know, parents who didn't have that emotional connection to their parents, and therefore they were not able to pass on that emotional connection to their children. So what you have is children like us who just desperately wanted to be wanted. We wanted to know that we, yes, that's true, Kelly, you are the weird one who didn't. Absolutely. You were the girl who lived. Um, but a lot of us grew up with this idea that we existed simply because our parents decided that we could, right? And so we spent a lot of our lives trying to be enough to to be um, what's the word I'm like to be deserving of our place in the world. Okay, so we tried really hard to stay out of their way, to not bother them, to not have too many emotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And narcissistic parents is another perfect example of that, right? There was, there was no pleasing them. But when we were growing up, we're trying to be worthy. We're trying to do good works. We're trying to be useful. I can help you with that. Let me do this. A lot of us had to parent our parents. A lot of us had to take care of ourselves because our parents just weren't emotionally available. If you've ever read the book, um, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, totally changed my world. Highly recommend it. Very skinny, very quick read. Uh, but this is basically, you know, what for me, I'm a Zennial or a, a Gen X, I guess. Or, no, I'm not. No, I'm sorry. I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial, but I'm a Zennial. So I'm like on the cusp. I'm like right between, you know, this idea of being good enough, of being useful, of being perfect, right? Like we tried so hard to be what it was that our parents needed us to be and wanted us to be in order to keep us happy in order to keep us feeling safe, to keep us feeling loved, because love for us felt very conditional. And no matter how much we were told that it wasn't, right, there was always this idea that if you didn't do the things that you were not going to get that love. And what's really interesting, too, is that there was this idea of if I do the good thing, I'm going to get taken care of. My needs will be met eventually. And unfortunately, what this did for a lot of us, and let me know in the comments if you guys resonate, is it actually created a level of codependency, okay? It created a level of codependency where we felt like, so long as I do the right thing, then these things will be afforded to me, okay? So if I don't bother mom, if I get my room clean, if I do my homework, if I get good grades, if I don't bother anybody, if I stay out of everybody's way, everything's going to be okay for me, okay? And so what happens is we have this idea that my needs will be met when it's time, okay? My needs will be met when it's time for my needs to be met. 
And so we have this idea, that, yeah, exactly. So we have this idea that we're waiting for something, that we're waiting for someone to notice us, someone to see that we have needs, that we have desires, okay? So what ends up happening, yes, absolutely, very codependent. What ends up happening is we do all those right things. We try to stay in line. And then what happens? It doesn't matter. Our needs don't end up getting met. We don't end up having the things that we were told we could have. Uh, there's a there's a, a joke that my mom used to tell when I was little. And it was about this woman who was having someone over from her work uh, to have dinner. And she said, listen, we don't have enough money for us all to eat seconds. So when I ask you if you want seconds, just say no thank you. Um, and then I'm going to give you a big dessert later. That's going to be your, your reward. And the kids are all like, okay, mom, okay, mom. So the person comes over for dinner and they sit down and they, you know, they have dinner and she asks each of the kids if they want seconds and they say no. And, um, and so, um, you know, the per they, she says, okay, I'm going to bring out dessert. The person's probably going to want dessert. And then the person's like, you know, I, I love a piece of cake. And then all the kids are like, I want a piece of cake. And she's like, oh no, you didn't, you didn't have seconds. You know, you didn't eat enough of, of dinner. So it's like this expression that like, you think that your needs are going to be met, that if you just do the right things, if you're just the good girl, if you're the good girl, your needs are going to be met. And you wait and you wait and you wait and your needs aren't met because you've been so easygoing, because you've been, you know, because people think or your parents think or your coaches think or your spouse thinks like whatever it is. Well, she obviously, you know, she's not somebody to worry about because she never has a problem if she doesn't get what she needs. She's easygoing, right? So you build up. So what ends up happening is we have this codependency thinking, if I do the right thing, then I'm going to get the reward. And sometimes that reward doesn't necessarily happen, okay? So where this kind of comes in, yes, there was another fault, yes, that prevented the needs from being met. So when this comes in is when we see, especially in the business world, right? We see other people getting what they want and we don't necessarily feel like we can ask for what we want. And this is because a lot, this is a really powerful concept. A lot of us grew up in what I like to call or what is called um, guest culture. So the difference between, there's two things, there's guest culture and there's ask culture. In ask culture, which a lot of countries have and a lot of different families, I bet you I'm willing to bet that Kelly grew up in ask culture. Ask culture is if I want something and my needs need to be met, I ask for it, you know? Excuse me, could you turn the heat down a little bit? You know what, I'm actually a little bit chilly. Um, could you turn the heat up a little bit? Would it be okay, um, you know, if I if I have another um, another sugar? Do you have more sugar? Do you have any more of those cookies? I love those cookies. Would it be okay if I asked you to, um, would you guys do me a favor and would you go follow my podcast and write a review for it? I would love that right? That's ask culture. I mean, guest culture is where a lot of us grew up. Guest culture is more of my needs being met is an emergent thing, okay? So only when I'm starving or when I'm frozen or when there's something wrong are my needs going to be it's very much like you've got to figure out what's wrong with me, which you're probably not going to figure out until it's almost an emergency right? Like my needs only matter when it's so important that I might die or that I might get sick or I might fall in a hole, right? So a lot of us, we have to, we've been taught that we have to kind of be passive aggressive about what our needs are, okay? So there's a story about this. There's a gentleman who lives in New York City and his wife, this is like an allegory that explains this really well. And his wife has a friend who is coming through town and she has reached out to the wife and said, hey, I'm going to be in town. I need somewhere to crash for a week. Can I stay on your couch? Um, I'll be out from 10 to 10. I'm only going to come home and sleep. Is that okay? So the wife goes to the husband and she's like, what do you think? 
and he doesn't want this lady there, right? So he goes to this message board and he says, what do, what do I do? You know, what do I say? And a lot of people are like, how dare she even ask? That's ridiculous. That's, you know, she's putting you guys out. Like, how could she even think that it was okay? You guys just got married and she's going to come live on your couch and that's ridiculous. The other half of the community though was like, just tell her no. She's just seeing if it's an option. And this is the best example of the difference between ask and guess. So a lot of us grew up with this guess, like, oh my gosh, you asked for another cookie? So where this falls into place and where this is really going to make sense is especially for you guys in the business world. Because you go out there and you're on social media and you see that coach, and I've seen that coach, who's like, hey, I have this program, or I have this podcast, or I have this thing. Come do this thing. Come join me. Come be with me. Come come do the thing that I'm asking you to do. She's asking, right? She makes it look easy. People are like, yes, I would love to. You don't see the people that are like, no, thank you, because she doesn't care, because it doesn't hurt to ask. But in our lives, what does hurt to ask? Your mom gives you that evil eye. I can't believe you asked for another piece of cake. Did you tell her that you were hungry? Okay, seriously, why, why are you wearing your friend's coat? Did you tell her you were cold? Does this resonate for you guys? Because this is literally how I grew up. So when you grow up that way, you're like, who am I to ask for things? And what does that do? It creates a resentment with the people who ask. It creates a resentment like, how dare she have the balls to ask that? How dare she be brave enough? But it's not that you're actually mad at them for what they're doing or their success. You're mad because you've decided that you're not allowed to ask for that. You've decided that you're not allowed to ask for what you want. We're going to go into that a lot more tomorrow. We're going to talk more about, about receiving blocks and abundance and things like that. But it's really important that you understand that this resentment that you have for people who are making it work isn't really directed at them. They're not really your villain. Your villain is that you're afraid to do those things yourself because there was a time when doing those things would make you bad guy, right? Mom's trying to get dinner on the table and here you are asking her for an, a different crayon. How dare you? What kind of monster asks for a crayon when mom is trying to cook dinner and she just got home from work and your kid and her kids are screaming and yelling and how dare they? Mom never got the ability to have that emotional space, right? She never got to process that. So to her, emotions are a nuisance. To, to her, emotions are annoying. They're, they're stressful. They get in the way of the job, of the goal. So here you are mimicking that. You've got a tape playing in your head with her thoughts or his thoughts, your dad or whoever, but your voice. So every time you see that person doing those things, I can't, I can't actually ask people to go to my master class. I can't ask. I've got to let them guess. I can't actually say, come join me. I've got to let them guess. So you spend your whole life hoping that people will guess your needs. And guess what? They don't. Because people aren't mind readers. Not all of them anyway. Some of them. And so you're so polite about what you need that you don't get it. This happened to me when I was a little girl. My mom taught me that when somebody asks you what you want for a present, the answer is always, oh, whatever you get me will be fine, right? Because she grew up, you know, she's born in the 40s, very polite, very children should be seen and not heard. Okay, fine. Whatever you get me is fine. My big sister, who's 11 years older than me, finally got her own job, her own money. I think I was like six. So she was probably 17. Hey, Amy Lee, what do you want for Christmas? Whatever you get me, it's fine. But what do you, but what do you really want? No, really, whatever you, I'll be happy with whatever. Okay. 
don't you want? Well, I don't want the Barbie ice cream shop. That's something I didn't want. I remembered it had all these little pieces and I didn't want it. Guess what my sister bought me for Christmas? To this day, she still insists that I peaked. And she went and returned it and got me this, this bear thing, this bear with like construction boots or I don't know, some stuffed animal. And why? Because I couldn't tell her what I wanted. You know, my in-laws for years would tell us to make lists for what we wanted on Amazon so that they could buy Christmas presents. And my body was like, no, I'm not going to like help you buy me a present. That's assuming, that's like admitting that I want one, that I think that you should buy me one. Like that's so messed up. And for years, I fucked them on that. I was like, I'm not making you a list. Now I realize that my, you know, in their 60s and 70s, in-laws would love nothing more than to know exactly what my kids want and be able to buy it. It's, it makes their lives easy. They're going to buy my kids presents. Period, end of story. They're going to buy presents. So why can't I make it easy on them? Finally, I gave in. I'm like, okay, fine. Here's all of our lists. And at first it was super awkward, right? Who am I to ask for presents? But would I rather get a present I already had? Would I rather get something that my mom, you know, have the kids get something that my mom already got them? Now, I'm sure you understand. She, she doesn't ask me what the kids want. Because she's, she's a guesser. Right? So she'll send them whatever. And that's okay. We can return it. They can have more Legos. It's totally fine. It was totally selfish of me to make a list of all things. Who are you to want things? Girl comes in here wanting things? I don't think so. So you've carried this into everything else in your life, into your business into the way that you show up on sales calls, in the way that you show up in your community, in the way that you show up publicly when you're sharing something, when you have a master class or you have something that you're promoting. Who am I to talk about this? Oh my gosh. They've got to figure out that I have this. They've got to figure out my offers because I can't ask. You have to understand there's the Kellys out there. They're askers. There's a coach out there that I follow that I love to death. And she's an asker. And it triggers the heck out of me. Because I'm like, why can't I do that? And then one day I was like, you know what? What if I did? What if I did exactly that? You get to rewrite the story. You get to reparent yourself. And you get to decide in this moment that you're an asker. So let me know, just let me know in the comments who grew up as an asker and who grew up as a guesser. I'm curious, I want to see. I would love to see. Hey, dream builder, are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction and manifestation? Then my designed to dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now. So what you realize then, is that if you're gonna change this, you're gonna also have to change the way you feel about the people. So for example, let's say you're at the high school football game, you're in high school, right? Let's just pretend. And you see somebody walking back from the snack shack with a whole armful of ice cream sandwiches. Okay. And it's a hot day, and maybe it's not because it's football, but pretend it's a hot day. It's the beginning of the season. And you see that person over there. And they have 10 ice cream sandwiches. How are you going to feel? You're looking over there. You don't have any money to buy an ice cream sandwich. Maybe you bought one ice cream sandwich, but they've got 10. How does that feel to you? Tell me in the comments. How does it feel? 
10 ice cream sandwiches, literally like hands full. And it's the pretty girl in school too. Her long blonde ringlets and her little cheerleader outfit. And she's got 10 ice cream sandwiches. Now, what if I told you that the snack shack, their freezer broke, all the ice cream was gonna go bad. And they said, come take as many as you want. You pass her and she says, you say, hey, why do you have so many ice cream sandwiches? You wouldn't, because you're a guesser, but let's just say, somebody else did, some other asker did. Well, 10 ice cream sandwiches. Oh, they're giving them away because the freezer's broken. That's what it's like with the universe. The universe is literally giving ice cream sandwiches away. But you're looking at it like, how come she gets so many ice cream sandwiches? That's the only difference. But, but in order to adopt that asking culture, you have got to make peace with the fact that that person, that asker, who are they to ask? Number one, you're jealous. Number two, well, you, number one, you're jealous of what they have. And number two, you're jealous of the fact that they even asked. So it's not that you're mad at them. It's not that you hate them. It's not that there's anything wrong with them. It's that you envy that. But think about it. Think about it in your heart of hearts. They're your villain. So it makes sense that you don't want to go do that because guess what? Then you're going to be the villain. So something has to happen. You have got to change your perception of what it means to be an asker. So if a child wandered up to your door, Okay, let's say that they got thrown out of a car or something or something very less violent than that. Maybe they lost their mommy. And they knocked on the door and they said, excuse me, can I use your phone? I can't find my mommy. Would you be like, look at you. Look at you asking me to use my phone. I don't think so. Go down the street. Go find someone else's phone. Of course not. This is like a five-year-old. You're scooping them up. You're telling them, oh my gosh, of course you can use my phone. Do you want some snacks? I've got snacks. You want to come watch TV? Let me call the police. Let me go get your mom. Let me do all the things. So there are some situations where it's okay to ask. So when is it not okay to ask? When is that threshold between when it's okay to ask and when it's not okay to ask? Ask yourself that question silently. When is the threshold between it's okay to ask and it's not okay to ask? When it's not an emergency. So you're allowed to what, ask for what you want when it's not an emergency. So how much of your life isn't an emergency? Most of it, right? So most of your life, you are actually holding yourself back from asking for what you want. Because if you did, you'd be the villain. So what do you do instead? Well, we talked about the codependency piece, right? So you have these needs and deep down, you almost hope they won't be met because if they are and you get what you want, that means you had to have asked for it probably because nine times out of 10, people aren't picking it out of the sky, right? So you have this descent into victim mode. And you will feel this when it happens. When you don't get what you want, there's this little piece of you that goes, a little tiny piece of you. It's like, I didn't get what I want. That means I'm not the bad guy. I didn't get what I want, so I'm not the bad guy. So the energy shifts. And 
instead of being in your power, where you get to make decisions and you get to be in control, you descend out of power because you're the good guy. You can't be a bad guy and a victim at the same time. And you so desperately don't want to be the villain because the villain's bad. The villain doesn't listen to mom. The villain has needs. How dare I have needs? I can't have needs. I gotta be the good guy. So if I'm gonna be the good guy, then I gotta stay in victim mode. This happened to me, so I can't be bad. They stole my stuff, so I can't be bad. The tree fell on my house, so I can't be bad. So we're actually trying to attract reasons why we can't have what we want into our lives so we can stay in that victim mentality. So we have this cycle that we start that's very comfortable, very dangerous, especially if you're trying to create a life of abundance. I want this thing, but I'm not willing to ask for it. And because I'm not willing to ask for it, it's not going to show up. Nobody knows I want it. Now my brain turns that into it's being kept from me. Right? Somebody is keeping it from me. She has it and it's mine. She's out there making hundred thousands of dollars a month and it's mine. And so because it's being kept from me, I'm the victim. So I'm not the bad guy. If you have the thing, that means that you have the power. If you have the power, then you have the responsibility. If you can do it and you don't do it, everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to look at you and be like, she had the power and she did nothing with it. She had the power and she made the wrong decision. She had the power and she screwed it up. She had the power and she failed. She had the power and her launch sucked. She had the power and she didn't fix my problem, especially for my fires out there. So we have this cycle of, if I have, then I have power. If I have power, then I have responsibility. If I have responsibility, then there's judgment. I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. But if I don't have, then I've got safety. Nobody's coming after me. I've got comfort. I'm not the bad guy. There's a book about this. There's actually a term for it. It's called existential kink. You're actually turned on by this part of you that's like, I am so pathetic. And I am the victim. And I, people do bad things to me. And you don't see this. You don't outwardly sit there and say that, but there is a part of you that feels that way. There's a part of you that thinks, you can't be mad at me. I'm, I'm just trying my best. I'm just hoping somebody's going to figure out what I need. Nobody does. Because if you stay small like that, if you stay out of your power, if you stay in this victim mode, Mom's not going to be mad at you. Mom's not going to say, look at you, thinking that you're so cool. I'm just over here trying to put food on the table and you're asking me to change the channel on the TV? How dare you? So if you stay the victim, you can't be the bad guy. And you have no idea how badly you don't want to be the bad guy. Because if you didn't care, you wouldn't be a people pleaser. You wouldn't have shitty boundaries. You wouldn't have people walking all over you like you do. The fact that you're here right now tells me you don't want to be the bad guy. Some of you guys were in my DMs like, this masterclass is terrible. I can't believe that you're doing this. Oh, that just goes to show you that we need it even more.
So I noticed this with myself. <laughs> I love you, Katie. So I noticed this with myself. I had a threshold between poverty and danger. I had a long conversation with my husband about this and even with Amanda. I either didn't make enough that I had to feel like I was a loser or I made so much that I was in danger, that somebody was going to think I was a bad guy. It's happened to me before, right? I've had issues in my life where because I made a certain amount of money, I was a bad guy. So I have evidence of this. This isn't something I made up. Like I have trauma in my body about this. And I, I know some of my folks that are here too. So my husband said, well, where's the line? Where's the line between poverty and too much money that you're the bad guy? And I was like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But those were the two things. Not enough that I feel like, okay, well, at least I still qualify for this. Or at least people can't be like, look at her and her blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the fascia on her house is still not painted because she can't do that for her. Versus, you know, making enough that it's like, and she has these clients and, you know, some of them aren't happy. And I heard that she actually doesn't help people or whatever it is that people are afraid of. Look at what's happening right now with Melanie and Lair. Melanie and Lair is one of my favorite coaches. I love to follow her. And she makes, I don't know, like $10 million a year as a coach. And now all of a sudden there's like entire factions, of people who talk about how she never helped them in the first place. A lot of that has to do with human design. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that who is she to make all this money, right? She's the bad guy. So there is a very real feeling that you're either the good guy and you're poor or you're the bad guy and you have what you want. And you don't want to be the bad guy. And this was something that I struggled with. Like I said, like, I want to make enough so that we're not, you know, starving but not so much that people can come after me again. Because that happened to me in a very real, very public way. It was traumatizing. And it took me a lot of years to get over it. Like I got my water, but I didn't actually drink it. So my question to you is this. Where in your life, I want you to put this in the group, okay? This is going to be your homework. Where in your life have you made yourself the victim to avoid being the villain? Where in your life have you made yourself the victim to avoid being the villain? about all the times in your life when you didn't ask for what you wanted. Because of what it might mean about you. What did it mean if you asked for something? One of the most powerful things about the work that I do is that we start to really integrate these things. When we shine a light on these limiting beliefs, they can't bite you anymore. When you understand why you have full steam ahead, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want, but this tiny little thread, but if I do that, then I'm the bad guy, is enough to hold you back. So when you have these underlying limiting beliefs and you're going along and you think that you're doing all the things and then all of a sudden you're like, I don't understand why it didn't work. Because a tiny bit of you didn't want it to. So the work I do with my clients is I really help you see what those limiting beliefs are, shine a light on them so they can't hold you back anymore. 
there's a whole section part of you that you don't show the world, but that you blame yourself for on a daily basis. You've got it in your head because you, of the way that you were when you were small. I need to be worthy. I need to be good enough. I need to be useful. I need to be perfect. But then you don't ask for what you want. And because you don't ask for what you want, you don't get it. And what does that translate to in your head? I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not useful. I'm not perfect. Do you see how that is like a self-fulfilling prophecy? You have been conditioned that people who ask for what they want are the villain. And I bet you never thought of it that way. I certainly didn't until I realized it. There are people starving in Africa. There are people who need this more than you do. You want another car? How dare you? You have a car already. You want a vacation house? So you're going to notice that a lot of this has to do with money. A lot of it doesn't. A lot of it has to do with self-worth. Because it's not just about what you deserve to have. It's about you, how you deserve to feel. I made a post the other day about that, that phrase from the 90s. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with income at all. It has to do with somebody feeling good about the way they look. And that we have created a society that says if that person feels good, they must be bad. Because feeling bad is the normal. If you feel good, you probably took the good from somebody else. You probably did something that you shouldn't have done. Society has trained us to go after people who feel good, make them the target. So never mind money, never mind abundance. This goes as deep as feeling good. When you have good feelings in your body. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm amazing. I had the best day. Oh my gosh. So this morning, my coffee tasted perfect. And then my husband rubbed my feet for a little while. Then we watched our favorite show. I had a sale come in, drank my water, got my Duolingo done. Life is good. Would you ever say that if somebody asked you how you were? Why? How dare you feel that good? I know, Kat. Duolingo. I mean, Kat or Duolingo buds. How dare you feel that good? And if you do feel that good, why would you share that? There are people that don't feel good. So what happens when those feelings come into your body? You are not even talking to somebody. Oh my gosh, I just got a sale. 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 Yay! Now I got to stuff it down because I'm going to have call right now and I don't want them to see how excited I am. Hello next person. How are you? So we have these delicious wonderful feelings and we immediately feel like someone's going to know that I'm happy and that's going to make me the villain. I've got to go back to that status quo of sadness and Meh. Because if I don't, I'm the bad guy. A great example of this is ex-wives. My husband has an ex-wife. She hates me for existing. Just for existing. They didn't have to do anything to her. They just hate me. Because I have a nice house. Because I take care of my kids. Because I haven't been in jail. They hate me. I'm the villain. 
did I actually do anything to her? Do I call her names? Am I mean to her? Have I hurt her? No. But she hates me. I'm the villain to her. I'm okay with that. Was I always okay with that? Probably not. So that's like an extreme, right? But there's little villains too. There's the girl that you're in the mastermind with. And when she gets a sale, you're like, how come you don't have a sale? How come you didn't get a sale? Look at her. She has the sale. I bet it's because she lies to people. I bet it's because, it's probably because, well, she has a better sales page than I do. She's been doing this longer than me. We don't even realize it. Most of the time it's because she asked and he didn't. I worked really hard to get where I got to. My husband's ex hasn't had a dog in not even a hundred years. But to her, I'm the villain. You'll always have something someone else wants. And there'll always be someone who has more than you. But this limiting belief, this one right here. If I'm out of power, I'm the good guy. And if I'm in my power, I'm the bad guy. This one will change your life. 100%. And it's crazy too, because on one hand, you're like, why can't I have this? And on the other hand, you're like, you cannot have this. Don't you dare ask. Why can't I have this? Don't ask for it. It's frustrating. You don't even realize how frustrating it is. There are so many people out there who have something to sell and they're terrified of somebody thinking that they're trying to sell so they don't sell. I've been there. I've been there so many times. I mean, it's like, go get in the DMs. And I'm like, well, what if they think I'm trying to sell them stuff? You are. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of you. Absolutely. You will literally let your house get foreclosed before you would hear a no. Because no means no, and you're a terrible person. No, and I hate you. No, and you're awful. No, it doesn't. It just means no. Do you want more pizza? No, nah, I'm good. Does that mean you don't like my pizza? Do you want one of these cookies? No, nah, I'm full right now. Doesn't happen, right? It's amazing how much weight we assign to certain things. We don't want somebody on the internet to think we're the villain. There I was, sitting there, minding my business on my computer, thinking about how I really needed someone to help me with my sales. And then all of a sudden, the most horrible thing happened. This sales coach came into my DMs and offered to help me. Thing. It's not a thing. Now, does that mean that you're not going to get the bad apple once in a while? It's going to be like, oh my God. And then she offered me this. That's her problem. That's her out of her power. That's not you out of your power. That's her out of her power. That's her saying, and then she tried to offer me this thing and I didn't want it. And I didn't have the power to say, no, thanks. It's not really the way I want to do it. Amanda is a pro at this. Amanda, like literally, if someone's like, hey, you want this thing? No, I'm not really interested in that right now. It doesn't really get into my schedule. I'm good. Me, I'm like, maybe later. Um, why don't you check back with me? And, and she's like, just tell them no. You're not getting on a call with them. <laughs> like, go cancel that call. And if I see it on your schedule, I'm gonna be mad. I don't want to be present.
So where you can really make the shift is when you understand that asking for what you desire doesn't make you the villain. Being a villain makes you a villain. <laughs> Taking what's not yours makes you a villain. Being unkind makes you a villain. Fun story. We found this out last night, the etymology of the word villain. That word used to just mean somebody from the villages. Back in feudal times, a villain was someone who came from the village. Your homework again. When have you made yourself the victim to avoid being the villain? I want to see your posts in the group. I want to remind you of a couple of things. There is a lovely playlist that I made on Spotify to get you in the villain vibes. You guys can check that out. It's in the featured posts. <laughs> um, there's something else I was going to say. The replays obviously will live in this group if you're watching here or if you're watching in the group. Um, I will be sharing more about how we can kind of fix all this as the week goes on and, and you know, how I think I can support you. Uh, but if you guys have questions, drop them in the group. Any ahas, I'd love to see those. And if you guys would do me a favor, if you're enjoying this masterclass, I would love for you to put a testimonial of how it is so far into the main group, the design to dream group, just of what your takeaways or, or you know, if, if you're enjoying it, I would really love to see those guys. We have 3000 people in there and let me know in the comments. Do you guys agree? This is a conversation that needs to be had by most people. And as a free course, I think it's a no brainer that people should be here. So. I really want them to know that you guys are getting something out of it. If you are, please, of course, be honest. If you're not, don't feel like you need to write anything um, so we can get more folks in here so they can get caught up and get in on this conversation. So if you guys would do that for me, that would be my ask. Um, we will get the homework prompt posted. I'm going to turn the comments off on it because I really want you to make your own post. I want people to be able to connect on your post and for you to really share your story. Okay. So that's day one. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about receiving blocks and how this all works with the, uh, the universe and how we can step into our next level there. And then on the last day, we're going to talk about meeting. So I'm really excited. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I love you guys so much. And I will see you in the group and I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye.